Vegetarian Zen, episode number 46. You know, I've got something for those allergies. Lay it on me. Welcome to Vegetarian Zen, a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a healthy lifestyle. Now sit back, relax, and prepare to get your veg on. Hey there, veg zeners. Welcome back to Vegetarian Zen. My name is Vicki. And this is Larissa. And in today's episode of the Vegetarian Zen podcast, we are going to be discussing the relationship between plant-based eating and seasonal allergies. And I think that's very timely for a lot of people, especially around here. Very timely. And something I'm starting to get a little bit uh, of myself. Mm -hmm. So, Fortunately, I think I've grown out of a lot of them, at least for now. Well, and fortunately for me, I'm not as bad as I used to be. Right. All right, but first let's talk about a few updates. And I know we have a couple of new ratings, which is always very exciting. So let's read through those. Yay, we do. We have two. Uh, The first one is from Quality Time. And the title is My Go-To Source for Vegetarian Tips. And Quality Time says, I just wanted to start off by saying thank you so much for all that you've done thus far. My girlfriend and I have been vegetarians for a month now, and we've never felt better. Your podcasts are very informative, funny, and down to earth. Keep up the good work, and I'll be sure to keep in touch. Five out of five. Awesome. Thank Thank you you so much. And then our second review and rating is from Mama Joe 36 and the title is amazing Mama Joe says love this show I love the laid-back atmosphere and I learned so much thank you for your creative and practical suggestions and tips I tried the spinach enchiladas and not only did I enjoy them but my omnivorous family did too thank you that is one of my favorite recipes by the way and you're welcome I think we have, I think we have that, um, at least once every week. week. Yeah. 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 And we, and it usually gives us leftovers. So yeah. And it's a great way to sneak in some more veggies. Right. Exactly. And you could add things besides spinach. Yeah. You know, there's a restaurant not too far from our house that Larissa and I like to go to and it's a Mexican restaurant, but they have surprisingly vegetarian options, Mm -hmm. like specifically vegetarian, like they call it out. And one of the things they have are veggie enchiladas and they put like squash Mm -hmm. and different other vegetables like that in there. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So you can definitely kind of take that and use it as a base recipe and then add whatever your family likes or whatever you think you can sneak in there. Okay, I think we have a few events coming up, right? All right, right. Yeah, well, tomorrow, May 5th, Monday, is Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, and I'll be heading off to Kansas City. Eh, I know. I guess I'll be partying Cinco de Mayo style all by myself, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, think that's going to that. happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Tuesday, May 6th, we've got two of them. We've got No Diet Day. And then also, which kind of goes along with this podcast, uh, World Asthma Day. Yeah, and just to elaborate a little bit on No Diet Day, what the intent of that day is, is really to talk about the harmfulness of like really restrictive diets and and, and yo-yo dieting. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so that is officially No Diet Day. All right. All right. Thursday, May 8th is something we've also talked about before. Uh, In the episode where we talked about organics, um, we talked about free trade and getting 
like coffee and chocolate and other things like that, uh, free trade. So Thursday, May 8th is free trade day. Okay. And then Friday, May 9th is a very somber occasion. (laughs) Friday, May 9th is the day to commemorate all of those lost socks out there. And it's so funny that inevitably you always have them. Well, Molly kind of is responsible for some of ours, I think, because I find them in her kennel and stuff. She'll steal one or two. Right, and she doesn't eat them. That's why we let her kind of. She just likes to take them out of the laundry and kind of carry them around. So you find socks all over our house. Um, But so Friday, May 9th is Lost Sock Memorial Day. Um, Jake obviously is very (laughs) sad about Lost Socks. And um, so Lost Sock Memorial Day. So if you have a sock that you'd like to memorialize, uh, let us know. Take a picture. Leave a picture picture for us. uh, Of the the sibling that is. Yes. And uh, leave it leave it on our Facebook page, and we will pay of tribute. The survivor, and we'll pay tribute. <laughs> Just a little silliness. Yeah. Okay. So, are you ready to get into our main topic today? Oh, absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, first, a little bit of an explanation. Uh, when I started this, I went out searching for information about how eating meat could make you more susceptible to seasonal allergies. And I didn't know, you know, if that existed or not, if that is actually a fact, but I thought I'd kind of check that out. And what I find and what I found was I didn't, well, I didn't find anything to that exact effect. So nothing that said, uh, you know, if you eat meat, then you're going to have more allergies. Uh, now, processed meat, yes. So things that contain nitrites and that are processed, like uh, like lunch meats and bacon and um, hot dogs, things like that that are processed, yes. But meat in general, no. So while the answer to the question posed in the podcast title, can a plant-based diet help alleviate seasonal allergies, is, is definitely yes. It's not because meat makes allergies worse, but rather because there are a lot of qualities of a lot of plants that can help make them better. Yeah, and this is a good example of a podcast that I really love doing because I really learned a lot from mm-hmm. this research that we did. Yeah, so did I. And it's it's practical. It's things that you can actually apply and try out. Yeah. Okay, so let's start out with some stats and a definition. Um, so runny nose and itchy eyes, what is that called? That's called allergic rhinoconjunctivitis. That just sounds horrible, (laughs) doesn't it? You just picture somebody with a really big nose. Yeah, a big red, (laughs) disgusting nose. Yeah. Uh, And well, and that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Um, Allergic rhinoconjunctivitis. So runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, just, and then of course, everything that goes along with that is, you know, feeling tired and feeling just awful. All right. And then why do allergies happen? Well, in people with allergies, their immune system basically overreacts to a typically harmless trigger like pollen. So whether it's tree pollen or mold or, you know, anything like that, or even things like pet dander, dust, um, dust mites, mold, anything like that. So the allergen in question is mistaken by the immune system to be a threat to the body. So then the body releases a chemical called histamine. And when and you hear about histamines all the time when you talk about allergy medicines and oh this is an antihistamine. Yeah, this is a good example of one of the things I told you. I heard that all the time, but mm-hmm. I never knew exactly what that meant that a histam- that histamine was something that your body releases right. to protect you. Right. And so right, exactly. The histamine is meant to protect you, but 
in the process of doing that, that's what produces the symptoms, um, the itchy nose, the runny nose, watery eyes, itchy eyes, because it's trying to protect your the those parts of your body from these um, per- perceived threats. Yeah, and that makes sense because you know when I when I feel allergies coming on, I mean I feel all those things, mm-hmm. I, and I feel achy and mm-hmm. my eyes itch and just right. almost like if I had the flu. Right, because it's your body trying to protect those things. Like sneezing, you know, is your body's way of trying to get that stuff out mm-hmm. and get rid of it. Okay, so allergies are a widespread problem in this country. Uh, in fact, more than 50 million Americans suffer from seasonal allergies each year, and I believe it. I mean, I know at work, especially right now, people are just constantly complaining about yeah. um, their allergies. Right, just miserable. Yeah. Uh, and nearly 55% of Americans test positive for at least one pollen allergy. Wow. So, I mean, and that could be anything. I mean, that could be, like we said, tree pollen or mold or, or dust or anything like that. Yeah. So at least 55% or nearly 55%. That's a lot. Right. And then uh, generally spring and fall are the times when people suffer the most. But really, they can occur anytime. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're allergic to something specific that's in bloom in the summer, then you're going to have summer allergies. Right. Typically for me, when they act up, it's between, it's in like January to May timeframe for mm-hmm. me. Right. And then of course, during the winter, if you have an allergy to pet dander or dust or mold, you know, that can occur inside, then you can have those allergies anytime. So even in the winter. Yeah. Uh, and then 70% of allergy sufferers also have asthma. Now that's a big problem too. I know mm-hmm. down here where we live, that's a big problem. In mm-hmm. fact, my sister developed al- um, asthma just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. And then of course, when you live in big cities where there's a pollution problem, that mm-hmm. just makes everything worse, yeah. especially if you have asthma or it can help you develop it. Yeah, and then pollen pollen allergies can trigger the asthma symptoms or make them worse if you already have asthma. Right, right. So, okay, so let's talk about some modern remedies for allergies and then also some natural remedies for okay. allergies. All right, so modern remedies, of course, just with anything else in modern medicine, it generally involves formulated medicines that are prescribed either either prescribed by a doctor, like uh, pills or shots, or over-the-counter medicines. I don't think I've ever had to go the shot route, but I have had prescribed medicine for allergies, and I have taken my share of over-the-counter in the past, although I haven't had to resort to that for a while. I said in a, in a previous podcast that I used to suffer pretty chronically between the, the months of January and May, mm-hmm. And it was almost like, well, I will say January and February were like almost like I had the flu every day. Yeah. But now it just, it really has to be off the charts for me to feel it. Right. Right now. And complete with fever. And fever yes. is not usually a typical allergy symptom, but I swear you get, you can get a fever just by looking at a light bulb or I something know. hot. You and know? my mom I mean, says I've been, I've been like that since I was a baby. Yeah. Anything, anything, even if I'm just like mildly... Yeah. He's sick, uh, I can get a fever. And I guess that's just your particular body's way of, you know, f- first reaction to try to fight stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I hardly ever get fevers. Even with the, the medical problems that I have that makes you more prone to fevers, I still don't get them. So, well, I guess that's how we're different. Oh, la-di-da. Yeah, well, aren't I fancy? <laughs> All right. So, some of the, the side effects. Side effects now are one of the biggest problems with these medicines, these formulated you know, uh, lab created, if you, if you will, medicines. 
side effects can include drowsiness, headache, impaired cognitive skills, hence the do not drive or operate machinery. Yeah, and I already Warnings. have impaired cognitive skills. So <laughs> I didn't say that. That was her. I did not say that. Uh, also increased heart weight, uh, heart weight. Let's try that again. Increased heart rate and even weight gain. And so a lot of times, I mean, to me, it's the symptoms are less than what the side effects could be. And now, I mean, some people have no side effects, you know, but if you're one of those people who's really sensitive and you have these side effects, some of these side effects, you may want to just look at, you know, not doing that and just trying to find another way to deal with allergies, which are is what we're going to discuss. And then the other thing with these uh, medicines and going to see doctors and it's expensive. Yep. You know, cause you have to keep buying that and buying that and it, it really adds up. Yeah. For there, for a while there, I was taking a couple of pills every day. Mm-hmm. Oh, that really does add up. Yeah. Right. Right. All right. So let's talk about the natural remedies. Okay. So well, first of all, let's talk about some of the benefits of natural remedies before we get into what they are. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's little or no risk. Or, or little or no risk of side effects, I should say. Of negative side effects. Right. Um, affordable. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about putting man-made chemicals into your body, which is a big thing. I will not take... I have to be feeling really bad to pop a pill. Mm-hmm. So going forward, we'll be talking primarily about vitamins and other naturally occurring compounds, such as antioxidants and natural antihistamines. And now it's important to note that many of these that we'll be talking about are readily available in pill form, you know, through supplements and vitamin compounds and and such that you can get at your local grocery store or GNC. But it's best to always get these from whole food sources whenever possible. Mm -hmm. And we've got lots of options for you to choose from. So it's not like it's only like artichoke hearts where you can get something you know there are lots of options so if you don't like one you'll probably like another yeah and the the reason is that it's better to get them from whole foods is because your body digests those much better than it does a pill right right and that's a big reason why i'm no longer taking supplements mm-hmm. as i've mentioned in the past larissa and i were taking those and i had a conversation with my doctor i also had a brief email exchange with um dr pam popper who mm-hmm. was uh, featured on the documentary forks over knives mm-hmm. and we were talking about supplements and i think that is that is one of the things that i've recently cut out that i just have to be careful of making sure that i'm getting those nutrients in my diet somehow right right and then of course the other side of that too is that again they can be expensive if you're going with supplements and those things are costly you know because i mean you think about it these manufacturers put these things and they have to manufacture it and put them all together and then, you know, so that adds up. Not to mention you can make these taste good. Exactly. Yeah, pills don't taste good. Okay, so let's talk about some of them. All right, so natural compounds that can help with allergies and then where to get these. All right, the first one I want to talk about is quercetin. And now we've talked about quercetin before in another podcast. Quercetin is an antioxidant that has antihistamine properties. And you find it in, naturally in citrus fruits, in garlic, parsley, apples, broccoli, tea, and dark berries. Hmm, I'm already seeing smoothie or juice here. Exactly. And there are so many combinations, you know, that you can add these to either make a combination entirely of this. So you could make a, a juice with 
uh, broccoli, citrus, um, some parsley, apple, you know. Dark berries. Dark yeah. berries. Uh, you could juice those, although broccoli well, is not my favorite to juice. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could do a smoothie. Or you could use some of these added to the smoothies and juices that you usually make. Okay, let's talk about omega-3 fatty acids. Then. And this is another one. Just two podcasts ago, we were talking about healthy fats for vegans and vegetarians. Mm-hmm. So omega-3 fatty acids, they contain a particle that helps to prevent and reduce chronic inflammation. Chronic inflammation is a big problem in America, particularly mm-hmm. because of our standard American diet. It's a, It causes or it's caused a lot by... Um, processed foods, right. and also obesity. Right. So some sources of omega-3s. Okay. So let's. this is, uh, again, we talked about this in our last podcast, or two podcasts ago, but let's refresh here. So okay. there's chia seeds, mm-hmm. flax seeds, walnuts, and the th- good, good thing about all of these are that they're easy to add to juices mm-hmm. or smoothies. Now, I use flax seeds and chia seeds in, in smoothies, mm-hmm. um, and then baked goods. Right. I also like walnuts and oatmeal. Right. There's a lot of ways to sneak these in. Right. So for example, you could make a like a blueberry quick bread or like blueberry muffins maybe and then add some uh, walnuts and chia and flax seeds to your baked goods. Yeah. All right. All right. Now the next one are carotenoids. And carotenoids we've talked about as well. All of these we've talked about in previous podcasts. Yeah, just in different contexts. Right. So carotenoids are naturally occurring plant pigments with antioxidant properties. And so you're kind of noticing a a trend here in antioxidants, right? A lot of these are high in antioxidants. And of course, that also can help with uh, fighting cancer and fighting other diseases as well. So studies have shown that people with asthma and chronic allergies tend to have much lower blood levels of um, carotenoids than people without these conditions, which is really interesting. That is. Yeah. So carotenoids now are in orange colored fruits and vegetables. So carrots, oranges, apricots, pumpkins, cantaloupes, sweet potatoes. And an easy way to, to think of it is think of carrots, carotenoid, carrot carotenoid so (laughs) i feel like i'm teaching like a lesson here Uh, i should have a pointer and a chalkboard all right and then also dark leafy greens and broccoli again okay so moving on to magnesium now this is something i was taking as a supplement a few months ago and have now given that up and just made sure that i'm incorporating the foods i'm about to mention into my diet regularly and it's easy it's very easy now the cool thing about magnesium is they are a natural bronchiodilator mm-hmm. and an antihistamine so, so bronchiodilator expands your lungs right, open up your ex- lungs right uh, okay, so some of those are good sources of magnesium are bananas, kidney beans, black beans, brown rice, lentils, oatmeal, quinoa, and spinach. Spinach is something I have almost every day in some mm-hmm. form. I'm also right. a kale fan. You can't eat kale, but mm-hmm. I do uh, uh, have spinach. We both have right. spinach. Right. Uh, then <clears throat> there's uh, oatmeal, which I am a fan of and you're not. <laughs> Lentils, I still need to really make a good lentil recipe. I have not given lentils a fair shake. Right. I, I, I tried to 
make them one day and they were like really plain mm-hmm. so now green uh, vegetarian cuisine our local one of our local vegetarian restaurants has a really good lentil soup and I okay. know, you're not a big soup fan yeah no, but I'm next not. time we go and they have it they don't have it every day but next time we go and they have it i'll order some and you can try it that sounds good okay all right so let's talk about what to avoid all right so certain foods contain histamines and sadly to say the number one on the list is Alcohol. alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> not, oh, yeah. Now we just sound like we're alcoholics. I know. We're no, not but alcoholics. I, okay, full disclosure here. A couple days ago, yesterday, I was, <laughs> a couple days ago, yesterday, I was feeling really bad. Just, I had a really hard week. And then I was, my allergies were starting to act up on me a little bit. And so I had a couple of glasses of wine, thinking that I was going to make myself feel better. And at the time, it did. <laughs> magical wine but come to find out that they do contain histamine so that would have actually worsened my allergies right so i and i think with wine it's that it's not that it makes you feel better it just makes you not care (laughs) right i'm sick i had my wine i had my modern family right we're good all right so alcohol then uh also aged cheeses Fermented foods and processed meats all contain histamines. Now you're seeing a, you're noticing a, a theme there, right? An old food, right? Right. <laughs> Stuff that's been laying around for a while. Um, so, yeah, and I'm not sure why that is. Um, I, I don't know if there are certain chemicals that kind of happen when it ages. I don't know, but that's just something to consider. And then, of course, processed meats you don't want to eat anyway. I mean, that's like all kinds of bad, not just for histamines, but for just chemicals and all kinds of yucky stuff. All right. Now, this next thing is something really interesting. I think this is the most interesting thing about this entire podcast research that I did, because I had no clue about this. Now, there's something called cross-reactivity that can happen. And this is actually, there's actually a syndrome called this. It's pollen food allergy syndrome. So for some people apparently who suffer from seasonal allergies, eating certain fruits and vegetables that grow from flowers may cause a reaction called cross-reactivity, which basically produces the same symptoms as seasonal allergies when these foods are eaten when there are other allergens present that that person is allergic to. Interesting. So, for example, ragweed. There are certain foods that may create this reaction with ragweed. So if you're allergic to ragweed and you eat bananas, cantaloupe, or watermelon, when ragweed is present, you could have this reaction. It's not saying it's 100%. It's just saying that in some people, it will trigger um, the same symptoms of seasonal allergies or make them worse if you already have them. Uh, okay. The same thing. Okay. With tree pollen, apples, carrots, cherries, peaches, and potatoes. And I mean, I can see some of those. That makes sense. Apples, cherries, and peaches, they grow on trees anyway. Right. Right. So I can see that. Yeah. And that's something for me to really pay particular attention to because usually it's the, it's the tree pollen that gets me. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. Oak and cedar. Right. Now, uh, carrots and potatoes, I'm not sure what it is in those because, you know, they grow on the ground, but I don't know. Oh, and then other foods, other fruits and vegetables that may cross-react with um, several pollens are celery, kiwi, nectarines, pears, 
peppers and tree nuts. And then again, I mean, tree nuts, that makes sense to me, right? Nectarines, pears grow on trees, kiwi. Um, Now, how would you know? Like, how could you tell? Well, unfortunately, it's it's a little difficult. Uh, The best way to do this, to test, is during allergy season, eliminate all of the suspected foods from your diet. Okay. Uh, And then one at a time, reintroduce them to see if there's a reaction. And I mean, it's kind of it's I'm, I know it's an inexact science. I mean, you there are so many factors involved that you may not be able to tell. I mean, but that's something to try out. And if you do cut out these and your your allergy symptoms improve, then it's a good possibility. Yeah, you have to give yourself time to get that stuff out of your system, though, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. you want to stop it um, for a while, let anything that you've eaten kind of leave your system and your system calm down and then try reintroducing right. them. Worth okay. Well, I think that does it for our episode. So let's just recap really quickly. Okay. We talked about some natural compounds that can help you to deal with your allergies. That was quercetin, mm-hmm. which can be found in like citrus, garlic, parsley, apples, mm-hmm. broccoli, tea, dark berries. Then we had the omega-3 fatty acids and a couple of podcasts back, we had an entire podcast dedicated to healthy fats for vegetarians and vegans where we talked about omega-3s but just to recap chia seeds flax seeds and nuts Mm -hmm. are good good things to add walnuts walnuts and those are good things to add to baked goods and to uh smoothies and juices then we have the carotenoids Mm -hmm. remember what holorissa said to remember that carrot Carrot. Uh, so that's what you're carrot. looking at. Orange colored fruits and vegetables like carrots, oranges, apricots, pumpkins, and then magnesium. So bananas, kidney beans, black beans, lentils, just to name a few. Mm-hmm. Sound right. like a good recap? Sounds like a good recap. And then um, don't get drunk. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, don't get drunk. Eat a hot dog with cheese and drink a uh, kombucha and you should be all right. Yeah. Oh, for the record, I wasn't drunk. I had no, two, but I, I, was, I was feeling good. No, you weren't drunk. <laughs> okay. So let's go to right. the recipe of the week. So let's make that. So we already kind of concocted this uh, as we went along the podcast. Let's, right. just, let's make the recipe of the week this week a allergy smoothie yeah, or right. juice. Right. Whichever one. Let's we'll do see. Sm- let's do smoothie because we interviewed Farnoosh Brock last week with okay. the Healthy Smoothie Bible. So let's kind of continue that smoothie thing. That's a good idea. So, And I'll make a smoothie that I like. Yes. Because she puts, Vicky puts a lot of stuff in hers that I don't like. Um, so I'll make a smoothie that incorporates some allergy things and make it... Um, picky person friendly. Yeah, that sounds Th- good. That's me. Okay. Um, and then also I'm going to include, I found a recipe online that I'll include a link to. It's for a soothing lemon ginger infusion. And basically it's just uh, boiling water with ginger and then adding lemon, fresh lemon juice and some honey and a pinch of cayenne pepper if you want. And that might help you kind of clear up some stuff it well the cayenne pepper and the ginger would definitely help clear up your sinuses oh yes definitely so i'll i'll put the link to that that sounds pretty good yeah okay so let's move into the quote of the week and the quote this week is from henry david thoreau and he says a man or woman may (laughs) esteem himself happy when that which is his food is also his medicine right and now this is of course a variation on a theme um, you know, Hippocrates, let medicine, uh, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food, right? Yes. Do I have that right? I think so. Okay. Let, uh, uh, let food be thy medicine. And yeah. medicine, mm-hmm. be, yeah. 
Uh, and we've heard other quotes similar to this, but I mean, it's, it's good stuff, right? Very good. Okay. Very good reminder. Yep. Okay, so what are we going to ask the folks to do this week? All right. This week, I thought it would be fun to kind of focus a little bit on, since we're talking about natural remedies already, let's get into a little folk medicine stuff. So if you have something that, say, maybe your great-grandmother or your you know great-great-aunt Sally always said to take or do when you have a cold or when you have allergies or, or whatever is ailing you, let us know what that is. I mean, it can be quirky, weird, funny, uh, you know, something that you've tried that really works. No illegal substances. No, <laughs> nothing illegal. Um, nothing like going down and laying in front of on a on a train track and drinking, you know, soup upside down through a straw. Nothing, nothing that's going to get you killed. And nothing illegal. Or uh, anyone else who might feel compelled to go try it. Right. Um, right. And, uh, so, but if, if you have something like that, leave a comment on this blog post show notes. Yeah. The show notes for this episode, uh, leave us a voicemail. A voicemail would be funny. We haven't received a voicemail in a while. No, somebody send us a voicemail. Talk to us. Talk to us. Uh, <laughs> leave it on our Facebook page, um, however you want to communicate with us. But we'd love to hear your home remedies. Yeah, and don't forget to submit those uh, sock survivor pictures yes. to us, too. That'd be cool. Yes, please do. We can we, Certainly, we can post a couple. I, oh, I yeah. know we have more than a oh couple. Oh, my gosh. Have I have like a whole a little, basket full of them. We have a little colony of these. I know. I know. They have support group meetings. <laughs> well, and here's everything. the thing. Why do we keep them? Because we know the other ones. I guess we're just hoping that the other one comes home. Yeah. <laughs> or or eventually we'll have, because we have a lot of pair of socks that are like the same. So eventually we'll lose another one and then they'll match up again. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the heck I'm saying. All right. Okay. On that note, right. let's call it an episode. All right. Well, if you're finding value in our podcast, we would really appreciate if you stop by our page on iTunes and leave us a rating and review. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, we are super thrilled when we get reviews. And it just, it makes our day, doesn't it? She texts me, she'll call me. Yeah, I do. I'll take a picture. I'll take like a picture of it um, with my phone and then text it to her. But it just makes us so happy. And so if you're so inclined, please leave us a review. All right. I think that does it for today. Okay. Well, then I guess we'll see you next week. Peace out. Bye. Hey, Veg Centers. Thanks so much for joining us today. Please be sure to visit our website at www.vegetarianzen.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Facebook forward slash Vegetarian Zen or on Twitter at Vegetarian Zen. Until next time, wishing you a happy body and a healthy mind.